Playing with Velvet Tom. And now, your host, with really bad timing, Velvet Tom. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, good whenever you're listening to this. It's Bad Timing with Velvet Tom. I'm your host, lover, loser, and legend, Velvet Tom. It's episode 17, a brand new episode, and my guests today are none other than Marty and Elaine. You know who they are. If you live in the Los Feliz area and you've hung out at the Dresden, or you've been here visiting and your L.A. friends have taken you to the Dresden, then you've seen Marty and Elaine. If you've seen Swingers, which has a global viewing since 1996, then you know who I'm talking about. It's one of the duo acts featured in that movie. You've seen Marty and Elaine. They have global appeal, and they are a damn national treasure to me. Because I gotta tell you, I started this podcast because I wanted to hear Marty and Elaine interviewed. I reached out to one of my favorite podcasts based here in LA, and it's mostly interviewing entertainers, and I sent a, a humble uh, fan email uh, to this podcast requesting that they reach out to Marty and Elaine and interview them. Well, I'm sure they get all sorts of emails asking them, hey, will you talk to, or suggesting, hey, you know, you should really talk to these people. So I decided after that, it was a bit amateurish, and, you know, I have the materials to do it. So I went ahead and started Bad Timing in order to interview Marty and Elaine. And the whole experience, honestly, leading up to 17 episodes has been quite a learning experience in many positive ways. Also very frustrating, too. But I've had wonderful guests. And all these guests, especially these last few episodes, have all been leading up to speaking to Marty and Elaine. And I got to have a brief conversation with them. And I've called them a couple of times, and we've shot the breeze and, you know, talking, you know, just who's he, what's it's. I mean, I've been over there singing for three years, so... So I guess I've earned a little right to have a just a regular conversation with them. But this particular conversation, I asked them about some some past landmarks that they talk about, some stories that they've shared over at the noisy Dresden when it's been packed. So this is a chance for everybody to hear these stories if you haven't already. I'd also suggest that you look them up on YouTube and see some documentary uh, information because there's some clips out there that you should uh, look at if you want to become immersed in Marty and Elaine. Well, do it. I totally recommend it. Become immersed in me too while you're at it. So now I'm gonna plug stuff. Velveteers, new listeners, hop on over to velvettom.com. It's my official website for everything Velvet Tom. It is a portal to all of my social media, my Facebook, my Twitter, my Instagram, my YouTube. So like, follow, subscribe, 
And also on the website is a podcast page, so a whole page dedicated to Bad Timing with Velvetom, where this episode you're listening to right now is posted on there, and also the available platforms that you can listen to Bad Timing with Velvetom, which includes iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. You can go to my home, SoundCloud, uh, that that basically launches it out to all those platforms if you want, or just listen to it from the podcast because I always love visitors. On the page is also a way to donate to the show, so I always appreciate a donation to keep the good times rolling. A special shout-out to one of my donors over the holiday seasons, Dr. Kathy, all the way from Davis, California. Thank you very much for the generous, generous donation and we're going to keep the show going and you know what we're going to dedicate this show to you because you were so kind and i wanted to get this episode out earlier folks but things being what they are it's march i want you to go ahead and enjoy this wonderful wonderful episode if you haven't already forwarded through this intro then sit back do whatever wash a dish do needlepoint i don't know what you do while you listen to these things but enjoy this incredible, incredible conversations with my heroes, Marty and Elaine. Do you guys Twitter at all? Are you on Twitter? Not particularly. No, I probably don't. I wouldn't think. Uh, well, somebody a couple of months ago, like right before the holidays, sent out a message asking or saying, I hope Marty and Elaine are okay. So the Twitter universe is very concerned about you. So do you have anything to say for everybody on Twitter about how you're doing? We're doing okay. As, as okay as everybody else is doing. I guess. I imagine you're bored. We're all hanging in there, you know. It's right. uh very strange. You feel like you're living in a altered world. It is. It's very different. It's very unreal. It has a surreal quality about it. It's a sort of a lazy existence, and it's kind of, it, it just feels strange. Yeah, not going by a normal routine of like putting on pants that actually button and zip, you know. <laughs> right, exactly. It just feels everything feels upside down. How Mark, are you doing? You okay? I'm uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing fine. I'm doing okay. No real complaints. Good. Uh, how about you, Marty? How are you doing? We're hanging in there. That's all we can do, you know. We have a very cute puppy, and that's helping us because he's a joy. Oh, really? Is it a puppy puppy, or is it is it a new yeah, member well, of the family? Yeah, my daughter gave because he's eight months old now. We got him when he was three months old. Oh, really? How old's the... Uh, I mean, how, what's the name of the puppy? Angel. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> he is a little angel because he's just... Uh, he makes you laugh, and he's fun to be with. <laughs> it's great to have a dog at a time like this, especially. It's a tranquilizer. Uh, Definitely a tranquilizer. I imagine. Are you folks trying to keep the same hours that you usually normally do? No, we really do keep the same hours. I was wondering, you know, I mean, that's probably why evening is probably a good time to chat with you. Uh, 
so well everybody on twitter will be glad to hear this i'm i'm looking very forward to this so so let's uh, let's talk to you guys. I know that you're missing performing. Have you heard that Dresden is sort of trying to set up like a little outdoor thing that they? Yeah, Jimmy called and told us. Jimmy and Mark both called us last week to say that they were going to try to open an outdoor thing. He's hoping to uh, do something in April, but uh, Mark is talking about putting a television thing inside so that people that are eating outside can hear the music. Oh, okay. Well, all right. So well, they're I mean, thinking, you know, they're thinking along those lines, but it isn't uh, the government or whoever's doing it isn't making it any easier. It's kind of, you know. No, it's taking it's a little bit longer. Because, yeah, it's just uh, somewhere along the line, maybe we'll be able to communicate with other people. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I have, I have better, I have better hope now than I did about a month ago. Yeah. I, we're just operating from ourselves and uh, it's like we're, you know, almost done house arrest, not quite. It's kind of a, a lazy, comfortable thing, but I practice every day and we, we practice together and uh, Vince comes over and we practice with Vince. So it's works out. Oh boy, you know what? That's great. I'm glad Vince comes by. He he posted some video a while back of you practicing. Yeah, we're doing stuff like that with Vince, and it's fun. It was so great, so very it's great. Good because he's right down the street, so uh, it's all very handy. That's he had neat. The dog too. He brought over his dog, but it didn't. Uh, our dog uh, was too aggressive, and his dog got frightened. Really, the little lady, the little puppy. <laughs> well, his dog is a little, a couple of months older than ours, and a beautiful little girl dog. And uh -huh. ours is a boy, and he got too aggressive, and she got shook. Oh, oh well, I guess Angel is kind of an appropriate name then, right? <laughs> <laughs> little devil. Little maybe. devil. A <laughs> uh, little devil. Uh, you know what? All I, I've always wanted to ask you because you know I've I've uh, I've combed YouTube for uh, some of the documentaries uh, that you've watched. And I think there's a couple that I haven't watched, but I think I want to talk origin story just to clear a few things up. You're both originally from New York, is this correct? Yeah. Yeah. Your bro. Now, Marty, what borough did you grow up in? Did you grow up in Brooklyn? Were you a Brooklynite? Yeah. Now, Brooklyn and the Bronx, and the Bronx too. And the Bronx. Now, how about you, uh, Elaine? Where, where? I imagine you were born there, but you didn't really necessarily grow up in New York. Well, uh, I was uh, three years old when we moved to Jersey City, oh. which was just almost like a suburb of New York because we commuted all the time. It's right across the Hudson River. Oh, okay. So there's. Uh, it's like a it's like a going to Beverly Hills from the Dresden. Oh, that okay. Kind of distance. Oh. It's really not. It doesn't take that long. So we were in New York half the time anyway. But when I was twelve, we moved to California for the weather, <laughs> and that was a family thing. Really, was it? So it was for I, the weather. It was to get away from the New York. Oh, for the weather, yeah. That's awesome. That's probably why I ended and up acting out here too. We do have the best weather here. It is. Mediterranean climate. Now, Marty, you got to yeah. ask me a question. Why do so many brilliant people come from Brooklyn? 
I tell you what, <laughs> so many people, right. so many people that I respect, so many smart people, so many learned people, so many influential people all come from Brooklyn. What is going on in Brooklyn? That's funny. <laughs> I didn't know about that myself. <laughs> I don't know. I understand New York's not doing too well. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of problems with New York City right now. Yeah. They say that uh, a lot of people have fled. Uh, you know, the Broadway thing, that was a big thing and it's not happening. Mm. You know, the theaters on Broadway and all of that. All of that is gone. Uh, yeah. Live theater has really, yeah. I mean, it's decimated. I, I'm, I'm ready to get back. I just got a brand new vintage dark blue velvet jacket that I'm ready to sport out in public. So <laughs> good for you. I'm ready. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to perform, uh, do whatever I can. You know, I will, good for you. I will, you know, I will go test and I will be socially distant. If I can work on a set, I will, I will be careful. There's one thing I can say, me and my wife have been incredibly careful during this time. Uh, so, you know, I think we probably deserve a little outing. Um, yeah, well, we're, everyone, we're trying to be careful. Everybody's trying to be careful. Nobody wants to get sick. Yeah, well, no, I imagine. But I mean, it's, uh, it's a burden. Well, you know, that's another, Marty, you got to be clawing the walls because you haven't been out, you haven't, you haven't, uh, you haven't been out in public banging those drums for a while, even longer than this. You're getting ready to make your comeback when the lockdown happens. Well, he's still playing drums here, and we record everything we do. So that's a, the recorder is a wonderful audience. You can play it back and correct it. Uh, it's even better because you can play it back, and if you don't like what you did, you can fix it. <laughs> Whereas if you're performing, <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's live. That's a live you show get for one you. Shot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you have to remember what you did for the next day or whatever. But it's uh, it's different. But uh, it's it's wonderful that we have a facility here where we can play and that we can record what we do because it keeps you fresh and it keeps you alive. So what do you have? What do you have set up? Do you have like a special room dedicated as a studio, or do you got to oh, just definitely, yeah. definitely, we definitely do, and we have a uh, we have a Tascan, which is a uh, multiple track recorder. Oh, you do. Okay. Um, is this where? Now, let me ask you about you've. Are you planning on recording an album? Do you want to do another record? I don't know. It depends on what goes on with the COVID and all of that. Well, I feel like... In a way, I mean, sometimes the things that we do, I think, gee, this would make a great record. However, the record industry has gone down the drain because nobody's buying records anymore because they could just dial into Alexa or their phone and hear the music for nothing. So there's really no more record industry. And in the Dresden, when we were working there, people were buying our album, which was nice. I mean, we, we did a lot of album sales in the Dresden because we had tourists from all over the world and they wanted a souvenir of what they heard. And it, we, we, were, we had a very lively little company going. But when the Dresden closed, oh, no. the company closed as well. And so making another album, you're kind of whistling into the wind. Um, when did you make the first album? 
or the one that everybody gets, the one that everybody takes home from the Dresden. When did you make that? Well, we've made several albums that people took home from the Dresden. Oh, really? Okay. I mean, there always just seems to be one on display, but like, what is your recording history? I have, I have no idea. I, I really. Well, we started, I think, in. in uh... Well. I don't know when we started the company, but it was quite a while ago. Right. I, really. it, it was 1987. That's when we started the company. 87. And, and we've had four uh, CDs and four LPs that we've sold in the Dresden. What? Wow. Yeah. Oh, and we used to sell uh, uh, the little things as well. Uh, we, it started with tapes. And uh, CDs and vinyl, it's just a mixture of everything. And since 87, we've been selling everything. Right. Wow. And like, people I still had, uh, people still had tapes in their car when we started the, the company. And they all wanted to buy a little cassette to put in their car so they could listen to it on the way home. Oh, that's great. And then it was CDs they wanted to listen to because they changed that. Yeah. Now in cars, I don't even think they have CDs anymore. They just have, uh, you know, like they can listen to music on their phone. Oh, yeah. MP3s. That's the next thing. You can take your album and put it on a thumb drive and sell it to people like that. So then they just have the digital track to listen to. Uh, yeah, well, it's, you know, like I say, the uh, the music industry has turned into, I don't know what, just fragments. It, it really, it's probably more doggy dog than anything because there is no sort of label out there. Whereas no. a lot of people are self-producing that's uh i know but it's producing for what <laughs> well it's amazing even, i mean even the movie industry and the tv industry have suffered because they can't have uh, a lot of people that we know that worked in uh you know staging and all that stuff for mm -hmm. movies and tv they can't get together because they're not allowed to uh not not in uh not in a full capacity no i was uh i was lucky to do a commercial last month so i got to be on set and it was a very very protected. how many people were on set a, a bunch a bunch i mean were like they wearing masks oh yeah like at after cut we had to put our masks back on when uh. when they rolled action you take the mask off you get into character you do the thing and then it was cut masks on and everybody like well, i mean if you, to hear that. that's encouraging oh yeah i mean it was it was really something like i mean they i had to have two tests before i even went on set so they, <laughs> but i mean even then it was like even then it was like one in three people in los angeles county has covid so i'm like somebody on the set has this thing <laughs> it could be me i don't know well, that's uh, that's what I mean, and it's uh, it really threw a monkey wrench into live entertainment. It did. Well, I, I know that everybody's excited to uh, to see you all again. I know that I'm always very excited uh, to come and see you on a weekly basis. I have missed you guys terribly. Um, 
as much as everybody is. And I've got a chance to talk to a lot of people that we know. I've sort of just gone through Singer's Row as far as uh, interviewing people and talking to them about their their career going forward. Now, uh, I, I do want to go back and like talk about a few stories. I remember Elaine, I don't know if you want to tell this story. I hope you do, because I remember you told me a story about Elvis Presley one time wanting to hear you talk. Oh, I think Elvis, he studied with the same teacher I did and uh, he used to have his lessons. What's right that? after mine, so he came in and with a girl on each arm, and, <laughs> and I was 12, and he would uh, say, I'm not singing a note until my little honey sings a song for me. What are you working on, honey? <laughs> and he put his arm around me and made me sing whatever I was working on. He was very sweet, and I didn't think of him as a movie idol at all. I just thought of him as a nice man. That is something, really. When you're 12 years old, you know, that's the way you think. And all of this nice man's coming in to take a lesson now. I would think that that's sort of a... Christmas card. I got a Christmas card for him every year until he died. And I should have saved him, but I didn't know he was going to die so young. Really? You got a Christmas card from Elvis Presley every year until he died? Every year. Wow. That's, wow, so touching. It's a good thing to hear about the king. Well, let's see. I mean, I love the Elvis story now. Uh, I, I think that I, I was still living in Chicago when Swingers came about and seeing you was a big influence to what I do as Velvet Tom now because I saw a live act and I knew it wasn't just for movies. I knew this act had to have existed, but that movie sort of exposed me to you uh, what a what was that whole experience like uh, working with that? Because I imagine that probably which movie are you talking about? Uh, uh, talking about swingers. Uh, talking about oh swingers. Yeah, that was you know they just walked through with a actually it's just a video cam, and they shot it once and they said no uh, this is uh, not what we want we want comedy louse it up like. You know, be funny. Oh, really? So we did it over, and that was it. It was really fast. It was the just that takes. fast, first, huh? The first take was too uh, musical for them. They wanted funny. They said that Swingers was a comedy. Okay. So they said, mock it up, do anything you can do to be funny, and we tried. It was like an acting job. Oh, really? Now, did they do that yeah, during I, regular business hours, or was this something that they actually had to close it was down? In the day, and the place was closed. Oh, okay. Just, uh, there um, were people there, but they were paid extras. Oh, okay. So it was just like a regular closed set at the Dresden. Yeah, that was it. Amazing. So that was really—I can't believe it was just so quick like that. I mean, oh, it was really fast. Seems like they spent so much time in there. It, it seems was, like you got so much exposure. You know, when they did it, they said it's a low-budget film. We figured that it would be, uh, it'd never be shown, but it was. It never died. No, it didn't. Now, you said that you started the company, I guess, Marty and Elaine Incorporated. Uh, in 87. In 87. So was, uh, I don't, I'm not doing my math, but when did you all get into the Dresden? 
How did how did your residency 81. at the Dresden start? 81. We got to the Dresden in 81. The owner of the Dresden used to uh, go out on the town every Tuesday and check out the other places in town and he used to come see us. And he asked us when we left, we were working at the Derby. It was the last thing it was, was the Derby. It was Michael Flossilis at the time. Mm-hmm. It was really beautiful then, too. It, was, it had crystal chandeliers and beautiful velvet curtains. And it looked like a palace. And then they kind of took everything out, and it became stark after that. You know, they just had a wooden floor and nothing on the walls kind of thing. Yeah. But... Uh, that that was the you know the current trend. Uh, so that so you were at the Derby before uh, then. So that's yes. And now Boss and the dressing came to see us every Tuesday, and he hired us as soon as we left there. Oh well, that's great. <laughs> uh, how long were so so you just moved down the street? Is all. Yeah, well, he told us when we left there to come to the uh, to, to work in the Dresden. When we opened at the Dresden, it was like so crazy. Everybody from the uh, Derby came, and uh, they couldn't get out the ball in. And his attitude was, if they can't get a table, they have to leave. <laughs> he always had it like that kind of an attitude with CBS or NBC. Anybody came in to do an interview, it was like, hurry up! This isn't a studio. It's a nightclub yeah it's a nightclub get the lights out of here <laughs> was it always exactly. tuesday through sunday have you always kept that same schedule or tuesday through saturday i'm sorry it was actually monday through saturday for 20 years really and then marty got tired of the extra day i mean but it was a monday who was coming in on a monday Mondays were wonderful. All our friends came in and we used to have like a very, it was, we didn't have any of the noise, you know, how noisy it got in there. And uh, it was like all the tables were taken and all the bar seats were taken, but it wasn't standing room. Anyway, uh, it was quiet and, and the singers just loved it because it was like a, almost like a workout session for them. Uh, was that always uh, something that was standard that you would uh, support an open mic? Was an open mic something always in the cards? It's fun. Yeah. It's just related to reaching out to people, which is something they don't want us to do anymore. What was but that? It's it's always it's always been fun to back up singers and get a fresh outlook on tunes and everything. It's just a, a wonderful exchange. Uh, I I think so. I mean I. I I don't know why I shied away from it so long, but I was really glad that it was there. I'm glad that the open mic existed, because um, previous to that, it was stand-up open mic for me, and I really wanted to transition into something different. So I'm glad that I sort of re-found you uh, to be able to do things. But um, uh, before Marty and Elaine, Elaine, what were you doing as a performer before you before you all teamed up eternally? <laughs> I was a, it was a trio. What's that? I, I, was a, I had a trio before. Oh, you did? Yeah. Always. I mean, I started actually working. I guess I was 15. 
but I started working pretty steady, weekends at least. Just being in, and, uh, as a musician. Yeah, oh, definitely as a musician. I work with other bands. I used to work with mambo bands when I was a teenager. It was kind of fun, Latin bands. And that is that's all been here in LA. You're you're. Yeah. Why not ever Vegas? Or have you ever like taken oh, the we show to Vegas? Vegas? We worked uh, Vegas four times. Oh yeah. Oh, where where did you work? Uh, where did you work Vegas? The Flamingo, the um, Riviera, uh, the Sands. Really? So just. Uh, little engagements along there? What was your Vegas experience? Yeah, oh yeah, it was two weeks to four weeks. Oh, that's wild. So the Flamingo. And that was kind of, actually, it was kind of, uh, <clears throat> you know, if the, uh, the pit bosses would always tell you to be quiet because we were playing behind the gambling. And if you got, you got an audience that was winning, they were really nice, they'd throw you a chip and be happy they were losing they hated everybody it was kind of <laughs> <laughs> sounds like vegas. i uh i was in vegas for a couple of years i performed at the flamingo hotel uh not the big room but like the little tiny room that was behind this bar uh but they closed it in so we had sort of yeah. a, sort of a time there well, that's it. That's great. Now, when did y'all when did y'all do Vegas? Has it just been throughout the years? Yeah, just throughout the years before before the Dresden. Oh, before the Dresden. Uh huh. Uh, okay. So you got the Derby, you Vegas. What else was then before the Dresden as you as a duo? Uh. Not as a duo, we were a trio always. Oh, oh you always were. We were just a duo for the first twenty years at the Dresden, and then we became a trio. And that was Again. and that was bringing in a bassist to sit in with y'all. Actually, Marty played bass and drums. That I remember for saying. For a long time, he just alternated between them, depending on the tune. Whatever you know. Certain tunes were better with bass, and certain tunes were better with drums. Uh, for sure, uh, for sure. And so he alternated for a long time. Then his tendons started bothering him because it got noisy in there, and it's very hard to play string bass in a noisy room. It's electric bass is easier, but he's a he's a stand up bass player, and uh, it started bothering his tendons. So we got bass players. Oh, okay. Well, that it totally makes sense. I mean, make the adjustment. Here I am picturing Marty up there, like uh, with a uh, with a bass around his neck, like slap, like doing slap bass, playing <laughs> playing electric bass. When he plays electric bass, he stands it up like a bass. So, like together, how many in instruments do you all play? I mean, you play you play a number of instruments. Yeah. Let's see, bass, drums, uh, piano, organ, uh, vibe, xylophone, marimba, saxophone, and flute. That's about it. That's, that is you guys together, or that's just you? <laughs> that's me. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, I knew that you all played like multiple instruments. Is Marty still around or did he uh, check out? Yeah, he's here. Oh, okay. Did you want to ask him something? Yes, Marty. I wanted to like, before, uh, before you, before you all became a duo, what were you doing? What was your journey from, from Brooklyn where the water produces geniuses to, <laughs> to today? Or, or at least oh, until. Go ahead. Uh, well, let's see. Let's go ahead and start. Like, uh, let's see. You're, a, you're a young guy in Brooklyn. You know how to. You can play a couple of instruments. Uh, is a lot of your career. I was also in the restaurant business. Were you? Yeah. You I uh... had a little restaurant. My dad and I had a little restaurant. And uh, we worked there. I ran at a restaurant in Brooklyn. You ran a restaurant? I used to work in, in the Catskills as a drummer with various bands. Okay. Now that's now that's where... Okay, that's great. Now, tell me about your restaurant that you had with your dad. Was uh, what, did, what did you have? You have an Italian restaurant or... A... No, no. It was all around food. Everything. Oh, that's great. Cool. Sandwiches, uh... And then there's all kinds of stuff like that. It was a small place. My dad and I had it. And then you'd uh, then you moonlight as a drummer up in the Catskills. Do that. Uh, yeah. Was music always? He also, he also lived in Florida for a while. And he worked there at the hotels, with bands and things. All over, like Orlando, Miami. Miami, basically, wasn't it Miami, Marty? What? You work in Miami, basically, in Florida? Yeah. Miami Beach only? Mostly Miami Beach. And the outlying areas, you know, country clubs, stuff like that. Yeah. I gotta, you know, I mean, if you're doing, if we're talking cat skills here, Marty, I gotta, I gotta ask you, you ever, you ever do the rim shot for any comedians that were up there? Anybody of note, you know, like a little rim shot for Buddy Hackett or? Uh... <laughs> yeah, guys like that, that's right. They would come through, they would do their shows on their weekends, all these different uh, comics and so forth. So you went, so and you went, work. yeah? Go ahead, go ahead. No, you go ahead, sir. Yeah, well, we, we, we back up a lot of comics, too. I was playing, and, and the band mostly then, three or four pieces, and we'd be backing up whoever was featured for the night. A comic or an MC, whatever. So you do that usually seasonal? That was usually summer work? Yeah, mostly in the summertime, right? I imagine, I imagine every night performing. Was it every night, Marty? No, it was like about five nights a week or, oh, that's or four nights. They vary depending on the, on the crowd and the hotel. Now that went from, you went from New York, you went down to Miami, Florida. What was your, how did you end yeah. up? No, I did, that's right. From, my, uh, from New York, I went to Florida too. Europe. I worked there in a hotel there, a couple of hotels. Oh, in Miami? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, how about, how, how did you eventually end up out in uh, California? With the weather. I went through, <laughs> went through all warm weather. I'm not going to go. I get away from the cold winters in New York. 
Yeah. So I moved to California. Surprised you didn't stay in Miami with its uh, tropicalness. It's very humid in Miami. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, it, in Miami. It's so humid that uh, we were waiting in the by the plane for his sister to pick us up, and I was drenched at 10 o'clock at night. It was that humid. It's really wet there. If you like humidity, I guess it's okay, but uh, that's the trouble with Florida. Is it's, the humidity is awful there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Most of the year. I remember I, I, I used to... I uh, mentioned that I sang with Count Basie. What's that? As a teenager. You sang with Count Basie as a teenager? Yeah. His orchestra? I was just watching Blazing Saddles and his, yeah. his orchestra is that. Tell me more about that. Tell me more about Count Basie and his orchestra. Oh, it was nothing. I was just... Uh, I happened to be there with my parents and the, his, the girl singer with the band in this room. It was like a, a dining area and uh, the singer was in a car crash and uh, oh dear. the manager came over all upset because the band was dying and he, my father said, let Elaine sing, she's on television, which I was doing a lot of TV at the time. You were? And I got up and sang. Oh yeah, I was uh, doing a lot of TV shows. I was a regular on several shows. You were? And uh, as a singer. Yeah, and I got up and, and sang with the band and a crowd started to gather and he said, How come you sing differently with this? I was singing with the the house band was very square, very you know and and those days it was like very I don't know what the word is. I guess they call it cheesy now. But oh. then uh then Count Basie was setting up, and uh, I was playing the piano. I asked if I could play the piano and sing a song while they were setting up, and he tapped me on the shoulder eight bars into the song and said, can I accompany you? <laughs> and I thought, oh, he's taking the piano. <laughs> and, and then uh, the crowd started coming in from the gambling casino, so he heard the music, and they came running in, and we did about 10 songs, and the boss asked me to stay on as a featured vocalist. Wow. Yeah, yeah, we're, we'll, we'll be wrapping up here in a couple of minutes. I wanted to ask a couple more things. I want to ask about Sinatra, because I, I, I recall that Sinatra caught your act at one point. Yeah, he came in, and... Uh, the first time he walked in, I couldn't even sing. I was too shook. I just uh, rose. Right. <laughs> Played piano and I did not sing a note. And then the next time he came in, two weeks later, I was so mad at myself that I sang better than I ever did in my life. And he put his hands on the little spinet, looked into my eyes, and said, uh, yeah, uh, go ahead. And so I... Uh, when I finished singing, he clapped, and he walked around the room making everybody clap, and he threw me a kiss, and the audience went crazy. They just were really slipping out. So when he was leaving, I, I thanked him and, and told him, hey, you threw me a kiss. Oh. And uh, I said, oh, my friends think I'm a big celebrity now. I'm kidding with him, and he said, you earned it, honey. I don't fool around about music. It's too important. That. And I thought, wow, he kissed me on the cheek. I thought, I'll never wash my cheeks again. 
That is amazing. Now, that was at the Dresden. He came into the Dresden. No, no, that was at Gene Autry Hotel at Palm Springs. Oh, oh, okay. So you guys worked in Palm Springs, too. Oh, yeah, we worked at the Howard Manor. We worked at the there and we also did a cruise for Holland America but that was when we were at the Dresden we took a leave of absence to do the world cruise oh really how was your experience doing a cruise it's great we loved it yeah we got to see so many places it was amazing it was going all around the world oh that is and they amazing. let us they let us in the afternoon go sightseeing so we worked at night it was nice we got to see things we never would have seen. Uh, that is that that's amazing. I you know I mean you always get mixed reviews as far as cruises. Was it just that one sort of world cruise, that one trip that you took, or did it become a regular thing for you? No, no. We left the Dresden. Uh, they were working us too hard. Actually, they weren't used to having American bands, and they were working us six days a week, and they kept changing our schedules. So we were the captain's favorite band, and he was working us to death, and it was seven days a week. Oh, dear. And uh, when, when, it, uh, when it came time to leave, they wanted to transfer us to this other ship for Alaska and Canada, which I wanted to go to, but... We never got to because they had this cruise director who we understood was mistreating the bands terribly. And uh, we just didn't want to deal with him. Uh, the other band had jumped over the side. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, that they was abandoned the end ship. of that. And uh, uh, Carl was addressed and said, I'll give you a leave of absence, but you can't quit. So I called him. I said, we're back. He said, start tomorrow. I said, we're exhausted. We're going to take a couple of weeks off. And he said, oh, no, take one week. That's all. You got ship lag. <laughs> we came back to an empty room. It had been packed. Wow. And we had to rebuild it from scratch. After that. When we got back, yeah, it took a while. It took us about, oh, we went got on jazz radio, and then everybody came back. Um, let me ask you about the, the love story of Marty and Elaine. How, how did, how did you become Marty and Elaine? How, where did you find one another? And I needed a drummer. And, uh, <laughs> a girlfriend of mine suggested him. He had just gotten here from New York, came over the house, brought his drums, and the next day, he got us a job on the Sunset Strip. <laughs> and then it was, and then it was love from then on. We worked together for four months and got married. You were, I'm sorry, what was that? We worked together four months and got married. Oh, and then it's just been that ever since. Right. I love that. I needed a drummer. That, what a great... <laughs> What a great, well, that's amazing. Uh, well, you know what, is there anything that, is there anything that uh, you wanna say, like any, any way to wrap this up? You guys have given me 45 minutes of your time. I appreciate it so much. Is there any, is there any way you wanna end this? The only way to end it is to, for everybody to keep hoping that things get back to normal. Absolutely. Yeah, let's get back to normal so we can all hang out at the Dresden again. I appreciate it.
Hey, Marty, are you still there? I'm still here. Hey, man, you know what? <laughs> I want to, I want to, yeah, it sounds like, yeah, it sounds maybe I caught you at a, at a, at a no, you just put the phone down for a second. Oh, hey, you want to know what? I wanted to just thank you very much for the time. Thanks for hanging out on the phone together and uh, letting me record you. And uh, we all miss you very much. And it's I'm glad that you all are doing very well and that you've stayed safe during We're this time. We're hacking in here. We're ready to go back to work. Yeah, I'm ready. Happens. I'm ready to go back to work, too. Me, too. Good. Good. We'll get you up. <laughs> Me too. I can't wait. I got a new jacket to show off. I got to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it. I love you guys. I will check in with you here in a couple of weeks for sure, just to say hello. But really, thank you very much for this time and chatting with me. No problem. Stay well. You too. Take care. All right. Okay, you guys have a great bye. night. Another great episode of Bad Timing with Velvet Tom. Thank you, Marty and Elaine, one more time for sitting down with me earlier this week to speak to me over the phone computer doohickey machine that we did. It was great to talk with you. I'm so happy you're doing fine. I know that you're ready to get out there and perform. I'm ready to get out there to perform. I'm ready to sing with you. I'm ready to look at all of your beautiful masked faces and croon for you. That's right, you're still gonna have to wear a mask for a while. That's why I have my public mask. I have a velvet mask with a velvet bow tie. They're both matching. It's a perfect set. I got a new jacket. I got a whole new vintage velvet jacket. Let me tell you about it. It is midnight blue. It is crushed velvet. It fits like a condom. All in the right places for your safety and your pleasure. And I can't wait to show it off to you. I can't wait to show off the old pipes. Haven't sung in a while. So it'll be good to get out there and croon and scat for you. Another reminder, folks, go to the website, velvetom.com, where all things Velvetom happen right there. You can go to all my social media outlets. That's Facebook, that's Twitter, that is Instagram. And that is my YouTube channel. So like, follow, subscribe, all of those things. Can't wait to see you all. Keep on listening to episodes. There's going to be more episodes down the pike. Uh, donate to the episode. Be one of those listeners that supports Bad Timing with Velvet Tom so we can keep the good times rolling. I love you very much. Take very good care of yourselves now that we are in the home stretch of this pandemic. And as always, Stay velvet. <laughs>